And then when everybody got off the plane in Nashville, that same smiling guy was staying on the plane too, like me. And he was, and he came over and started talking to me and um, was very nice. And he was like about my age, very nice. So he, um, I went up to move to a different seat and he came up and sat next to, in the aisle with me. And we got to talking a little bit and uh, he does a cool job. He makes, his company makes medical equipment that's used in surgeries for complex surgeries, like when uh, people are blown up war. So, so like uh, electrical equipment or or instruments. Instruments, like that? instruments, and oh. that. So he goes and he goes all over the country to where doctors are learning how to use these things, and you know helps them learn how to use them. So he's in surgeries, but he doesn't actually touch anything, like the people or the animals. So, actually. So you're talking about surgeries in the field, like. Um, no, they're in the hospital. Mil- military. T- oh. Well, at military uh, bases, but they're hospitals, I think. Mm-hmm. So they're doing it in a. Uh, controlled setting, I guess. Oh, okay. So I That's think very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it was actually, but then then he was telling me they do it on animals, and I'm like, oh, he goes, yeah, they basically create the same injury that they would on a human on an animal, and I'm like, well, couldn't you at least numb the animals so they don't feel that their legs getting blown off? And he's like, oh, no, no, we do. They're totally I'm like, oh, I thought you meant like you were giving them the, like blowing off their leg, like just standing there, and then. <laughs> Shooting them. Yeah, yeah. And he said, and then we put them yeah. all back together, so they're fine. They survive. I'm like, yeah, but still, that just seems It's wrong. very interesting. Your, so this guy would be your latest random acquaintance? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he was. You should keep up with, with that writing, I believe, you know? Not to pressure you or anything, but uh, those were very nice. And I know that GP, uh, well, you know, listening particles, uh, it's kind of like that. But, you know, it's not the same. Mm-mm. The other one had this, like, short format thing about something written that it was quite nice. And we, Random Acquaintances was just you, you know, uh, right. expressing your thoughts about someone or something. Well, actually, someone. It was in the encounter, things. like the exchange. Like, he was such a nice right. man, but he's, like, hurting animals you know what i mean it's like trying to get my head around that so right so so you see that's what i miss about the random acquaintances format mm-hmm. was that uh it was just your take on it it was uh, your thoughts that's true in glistening particles we hear a little bit of of your thoughts but uh, but it's always reflecting on, on on what you're conversing with it with someone else mm-hmm. um but I missed that the, the other short form. So get to work. <laughs> All right, I will. This is Glistening Particles, and I'm Jane, your host. I like to hear inspiring stories for people that I barely know and share them with you. And that's what we do here. I never know how it's going to go. I never know what they're going to say, but it's always a good story.
Before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank you for listening. I'd love to start connecting with you, my listeners. If you'd like to share your thoughts about this episode or any of the episodes, watch for posts for each of them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I can imagine the energy of connecting over these inspiring people's stories. I mean, maybe, just maybe, you have the same passion, or maybe you've been wanting to talk to someone with this thing going on. Yes, we need to talk. Come find me. Well, this episode has been a long time in coming, and let me tell you, we were talking for so long, it was like almost two and a half hours, and we never, in the middle of that, took time to say hello or goodbye, so we're going to kind of start midstream. That at the beginning was talk about a random acquaintance, like the blog that I used to write, and we're going to step right into that when we get over to this. So this is with Pablo, and Pablo can be given credit for naming glistening particles. That's one of his claims to fame, and he's an amazing glistening particle himself. So here we go. The guy then, oh, I mentioned my podcast, you know, actually he heard because there was two people walking down the aisle to get on the board on the plane and they were talking about Skype recording and how they can isolate one track versus the other. And I'm like, hey, you know, they're walking down the like on the crowded plane getting on. I'm like, hey, are you guys podcasters? They're like, yeah, we are. I'm like, so am I. What podcast do you have? And they have, oh. um, they have one called Lab Out Loud, Lab like a science lab. And they're science teachers who do a podcast for science teachers. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of funny. So then the guy on the plane asked um, if, if what my podcast was about. And I told him, and he had just gotten a new iPhone. So I was showing him how to get to it and all that good stuff. Had to do a few setting changes, showed off my tech skills really fast, which was awesome. And then he listened to an episode while we flew back, an entire episode. Oh. Yeah. Er- Eric. How long was that? F- what, oh, it was what? like an hour and a half flight, that part of it. Oh, that was. It's perfect. Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he um he listened and to he got to listen to a, one of the podcasts with you beside him. That's I like know. the dream of your audience or any <laughs> it was <laughs> it was so trippy because I'm like at the end he's you know he at the end he said uh, his thoughts about it and luckily he liked it because <laughs> that would have been awkward. What episode was, was it was it was Eric the acrobatic. Uh, glider pilot which i hope you've listened to because i think that would be one of your favorites oh yeah i didn't listen to that one that's the one you need to listen to he's it's so good because he goes he's an engineer and at first he's a little bit like you know not he's chatty but not super chatty and then as he opens up and really starts telling the story it's such a good story and it goes places i never would have seen coming which are my favorite and so i was pretty giddy most of the time and then, uh, so the guy next to me listened to it, and it was such a trip, like knowing, like seeing his iPhone sitting there on the tray, and my podcast. I should have taken a picture of that, and my podcast playing, and like I'm glancing at him every so often without being awkward, like ah, he's listening to my show. It's like yeah, it, <laughs> it happened to me something very similar when the first time I saw one of the products um, we manufactured. Um, you know, with skins oh. that we made for cell phones. The first time I saw one of them in, how do you call that, the a window shell. Oh, know, yeah, in the display. The yeah. That sell it. And uh, it was fascinating. It's like, I did that and it's there. Yeah. <laughs> it's and someone's going to buy it. Someone's going to buy and it. And then, yeah, and then on the same kind of experience, but completely different, is also when you see someone, you know, using the product. 
Oh, I uh, know. That you put your work into it, and they liked it, and they paid money for it. It's like, uh, it's, it's something different. It's a different kind of satisfaction. I mean, I get so much satisfaction out of the conversations and creating the show mm-hmm. and hearing, you know, people do say they listen to it. They know that friends and people like that. But um, actually seeing it. And then his reaction was really cool. Like he said, uh, he, has, he, doesn't listen, he hasn't listened to podcasts a lot, but he will now that he has his iPhone. And um, what he really liked about it, which is very intentional, is that it's a conversation. It's not an interview at all. It's just a conversation. He really liked it. He's like, I felt like I was sitting there with the two of you just hanging out. And he said I had a good voice, which was good. That's good to hear because no one's ever told me that, ever. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> it's not like you didn't win. It's not like you didn't win awards just because you have a good voice. Well, not just because of that. Let's, let's be honest. It's just the rapping. It's, uh, it's the voice. I mean... You know, these guys who their job in the in, in entertainment industry is to look for talent. You yes, know? yes. And it's not like I have one like a talent like that that I can spot someone and say, hey, you know what? You have a great voice. You can be a, the next hit singer. Right. You know? <laughs> it's just your voice is so evident that it's. <laughs> Except Great. for singing, except for singing. We, we all have, we've determined that because I actually sing on one of the podcasts early on and it's, it's not good. It's not good. So <laughs> well, but, but you know, sorry, let me interrupt you with that because that's interesting, and I think it, it, it's going to go with the theme of the podcast. Is that your voice? You have a very good voice, which is you know, natural trait mm-hmm. to be thankful for. I am. It's not. It's not like you trained your voice to be good. It's just it's naturally good. But it's different than saying that you can sing. You can sing, of course. Well, if you say it yourself. You don't know how to sing, so when you sing, you don't you don't like it. You don't like the result of that. But you know, if you already have the voice, it's like having the instrument there, but not knowing how to play it. So the fact that you don't know how to sing is not a natural given fact. It's that just you just need practice. So if you already have the voice, if in, and you practice, if you want to, I'm sure you can sing like heaven. <laughs> Maybe I'll do that. Then I'll I'll add that to my things to explore that I can do. Because actually, um, there's the reverse of that. I mean, it's the same thing in sports, right? So you have people who have a natural gift of agility or strength or whatever, and they could be great at sports, but they don't really have the passion about it. So they never really, you know, get mm-hmm. as far as they could. And then you have people who don't have the innate gift of a particular sport, yet they have such a passion about it, they're able to overcome some of that and make up for it just through their, you know, learning and trying and practicing. So maybe if I um, put some effort into singing, I could do it. I kind of think I know who I would sound like if I did sing, if I sang I would, better. I, I most definitely think that <laughs> most people can sing if they want to, and they can sing well, actually. The, the thing is that those who have a more appeasing voice or a nice uh, ring to their voice they're going to, going to produce something naturally more pleasant to, to hear. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, like for example, I don't, I'm not particularly fond of my voice, let's say. <laughs> but, but if I'm sure that, you know, with the experience I have, if I want to uh, sound nice singing, I could. And most people could. It's not right. like people have very bad voice. Not like uh, Shrek voices or something. You know, like what? Like Shrek, you know, Shrek, it's hard to overcome oh. ogre. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So like using that analogy on a voice, it's hard to overcome certain voices if they're like super horribly bad. But, you know, singing can come in a lot of different flavors, too. Like there's um, some, well, there's someone at work who, uh, a guy who's got like a really deep gravelly voice, but hey, that's like perfect for country singing, right? There you go. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought that Axl Rose would be a hit singer? (laughs) Right. That's true. Good example. There are so many voices that are particular. They just have to find the the, the, the thing about that that is going to sound well with what you do. It's like an instrument. It's a particular instrument. Mm-hmm. Obviously, those who have sweet voice, you know, women uh, are going to naturally sound pleasant, whatever they, they sing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. There are some women who don't have sweet voices, but they still are singers. They just sing in a really loud and a intense right. way. Yeah. That's a very good observation. Uh, talent and quality does not necessarily are not the necessary components for you to be successful at singing. Right. You can be crappy and sell a <laughs> million dollars. Right. Albums. I know. I know. Well, actually, this is sort of like getting into the whole theme of what I wanted, why I wanted to have you on the show, especially. And it's mm-hmm. it's hard to really. I was trying to think of what will I call this show, Pablo the, and I haven't figured that out yet. I actually have an acronym that I'd like to put in there, but I think it would be confusing. So I'm still trying to figure out what it is. But I remember when we first met, one of the first, and just for the listeners, we haven't actually met in person. We met virtually and we've had this sort of like, I don't know, almost like a renaissance relationship where we just talk about all kinds of different things and growth mindset. Mm -hmm. The first thing that you said to me that I don't think I'd ever heard anybody say, which makes me wonder... But you said um, one of the things you like to do is fight mediocrity. And you gave like a super basic example, but I still love it because of its simplicity, which is I can make a grilled cheese sandwich out of, you know, Wonder Bread and Kraft cheese, and it's a grilled cheese sandwich. It's mediocre, though. Or I could go and get, you know, the best bread at the best bakery and the best cheese at the best whatever who sells, you know, really great cheeses and make a grilled cheese that's exquisite, simple sandwich yes. both ways, but such a different mm-hmm. effort. And, and no, no different effort, really, but just the quality of it is so different. And that's what you embody in everything that you do. Well, thank you for saying so in such a way. But yes, basically, metaphorically, that's the idea. <laughs> <laughs> but you do it in a lot more ways than I think a lot of people I've met. Like, I mean, I... I try to, it actually is in my mind a lot. And it's something, a phrase that I use in different situations quite a bit, you know, of, you know, why do it? If you're going to do something mediocre, why do it at all? You know, what's the point? Um, And sometimes in life, though, it's hard to be top game craftsman on every single thing. But I try to do it in more things than I did before. Well, yes. If If you think on the grand scheme of things, you're going to realize that that attitude is going to be beneficial to you because mm-hmm. if you have that mindset, um, all the things that you embark on, they are going to turn out to be better than if you don't have that mindset. Now, what we're talking about here, perhaps, is when actually, because people might just say to you, but wait, yeah, I'm not going to, if I need to eat a sandwich, if, if you're going to take the metaphor and make it literal, Mm-hmm. You say, I need to eat a sandwich, I need to eat it fast because I'm busy. I'm, yeah, you're going to make a crappy sandwich and that's going to be mm-hmm. fine. But yet, the diff- the key difference there is that I'm not kidding about the sandwich. 
I want that sandwich to be the best sandwich that I can make, not because I have an issue or anything. It's because I, I consider that my mindset. That's not to say that I, that I won't make a bad sandwich if I don't have the time. It's just that if I could do the, a better sandwich, I would. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you can do the some, uh, if you can do a better job, why not doing it? Right. And that leads to the next point. Why aren't you doing a better job? Is it because you're constrained or something? Maybe you don't have access to a better cheese, let's say, <laughs> or you don't have the money for a better cheese, right. or or uh, you don't have the time to go to the grocery store to get a better. And, and so you start wondering what are the things that are external limitations to mm-hmm. what you can do. I'm not saying external, but what if they are internal? What if you cannot do the sandwich because you don't know how to do a better sandwich? Mm-hmm. Well, once you explore or all of those things that are limiting, uh, you can do. You can start working on actually, you know, pushing those limits. Right, mm-hmm. but you can only do that if you already have the mindset of you know of wanting to. Hey, if I can do a better sandwich, <laughs> let's make a better sandwich, right? right? Right. If you don't start with that mindset, it's gonna be the same crappy sandwich for your whole life. Right. Right. And it flows into so many things. Well, of course, <laughs> not just that. I know. I, I was about to say <laughs> something, and I thought you had more, so I'm pausing. <laughs> <laughs> I get tired whenever I discuss something about in in these lines. Mm-hmm. I always get the eye rolls and say, "You you exaggerate." I mean, you cannot make a water better than what it is. Mm. Actually, yeah, I'm actually I filter my water. <laughs> I just take water from the. You know, you see, when you have the mindset, you always think about that, and it's not an obsession. It's not something that is tiresome it's something like i don't know it's the thing that that makes you wonder am i brushing my teeth correctly no 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 you did not just say brushing your teeth because literally i've been waiting for a break here for it to say like i know that i brush my teeth with much more precision now because i don't want to be mediocre just literally brushing my teeth was the example that's crazy (laughs) so whoever tells me you're exaggerating I say, okay, where, when do you cross the line? Tell me. Mm-hmm. What point? Because at the moment you cross a line, you, you mark a line and you say, okay, this is the line where I allow mediocrity. Well, all the things that are going to be behind the line are going to find how much mediocrity you tolerate, mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. I can tolerate, everyone has a level of mediocrity tolerance, let's say. The problem is, is just how much. Well, and would and, you would you say there's a yeah. difference between um, the level of meat? There's uh, making a great grilled cheese sandwich, and then there's making the best grilled cheese sandwich in the world. And the mediocrity doesn't have to be the best in the entire world, you know? Right. So that's I think that's the thing too to keep in mind is for people. That's to a say. good point. Uh, that's a good point on how do you define what is mediocre and what is mm-hmm. not, and it depends mm-hmm. because if all the best things, if, if I have them, okay, so if I have the mindset, which is 
I'm going to do the best I can do or whatever thing I, I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to be mediocre if it's the best thing that you could, that you could achieve. By definition, I don't consider that mediocre. If it's not about, it's, it's not an absolute, it's not something you can, there's a, an absolute framework where you can say, oh, you know what, in the absolute framework, um, um, this is smart as mediocre. Mm-hmm. Well, no, if, if you play soccer or if you play something or if you do something and you compare it to the best in the world, yeah, it's going to be, it's not going to be as good. But whatever is not mediocre is what's done in the best way possible that it obviously they achieve the results, right? Mm-hmm. If the objective of the grilled cheese sandwich is to feed you and and not to kill you, let's say, not to <laughs> give you a bad bathroom experience, well, <laughs> if that's the bare minimum you need to you need to accomplish, then you can succeed on on, on, on getting to that level in the best way possible. And that's it. It's not going to be mediocre, you know. Right. But if you, could, my point is, if you could have done it better then it is kind of mediocre. Well, and the thing to keep in mind, I think what I learned is I started exploring that whole topic with you um, back when we started talking was that it's systemic, okay? And I recognized it in my own life. Like if I think, okay, this mediocre boxed dinner is okay, everybody gets food in them, they're good, then, oh, you know what? This subpar thing is okay too and this subpar way to spend our time is okay. And pretty soon mediocrity was sort of like the norm. And there are times now, you know, I question everything I look at. And and it's not like I'm obsessed about it, but I'm, I have an awareness about it. I examine it. Yes, that's exactly. really the, the key. And and I, it has changed my life. Right. It has changed my life, that particular, if you're, if you're aware, I mean, if you're aware, like, I don't know, let's say, um, there is something in your house that is bothering you. Or not, not that it's bothering. Let, let's start even from a step behind. There is something in your house that should not be like that. Mm-hmm. Let's say a broken faucet, right? It, mm-hmm. it just drips and just, you know, that dripping that whenever right. it, when it's dead silent, you just hear <laughs> yes. the dripping. Right. They use fine, that you know? as torture in like, you know, exactly. war zones or whatever. Yeah, that. that's fine. That's fine. It's completely tolerable. Most people... Well, I don't know. Most, but most people would just just leave it there for years until it just explodes. But anyway, if that faucet is not the way it should, because mm-hmm. the way it should is no dripping, the mindset that I'm, we were talking about is what you just said. The key is noticing that it's dripping and saying, "Oh, it's dripping. It shouldn't be like that." I'll I'll see if I can fix it whenever mm-hmm. I have the time. You can be and you can just tolerate the margin of that. Right. But knowing it, it's just not being aware of it, that's the mindset. And then you can choose to do whenever whenever is whenever the, the, the benefit of fixing the broken faucet is not is actual is actual benefit and not a in detriment of something else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You have to evaluate the cost and all that. The cost of that. So and what that's I- the thing. What I see you doing, what I've seen you do that I've also learned um, in our connection is that you think very clearly before you take on something new. 
And I was just re- listening to a podcast the other day, um, The Good Life Project, which I really love. And he had mm-hmm. one about talking about few, his motto for this year is fewer things better. And I think yes. I was in the, I was of the kind that just kept taking on more things and more things and more things. And I was getting less and less effective at them, you know? And I've admired how you've been really very precision about what you take on. And that really comes from the mediocrity mindset or the, you know, fight mediocrity mindset of knowing how much you can take yes. on and do fully. So like a few things, if you want to talk about them and how you let them in are um, the violin and mm-hmm. your, um, oh, I remember when you started P90X, that was mm-hmm. a few years ago, I think. And and you said yeah, uh, within one year. Already. Yeah, I know, long time. I usually was like maybe maybe four or five, but you said, uh, well, here's my goal, and you know, in this one year, this these changes will happen. I'm like, you've got the patience to wait a year. You know what I mean? I mean, you had very specific yes, goals, and yes. I I remember thinking, okay, that's not me. I'm like, I need to see a result in three days. You know, so that yeah. was something that um, I've always admired is how you choose fewer things, but you do them better. Yeah, well, I don't know if better is the best, is the best word for it, but well, do you do them to you do them with quality, with quality yeah. and intention, you know? It's not about better. I don't think it's better the the right word for it, but um okay, so you just say a couple of things that, that are very important, very interesting. One of the things I picked up it was people want results fast. Mhm. That's is the first problem there. Mm-hmm. Expectations. Expectations are not bad, inherently bad. Expectations can be wrong, which it just doesn't mean necessarily bad. It's just wrong. Wrong means that <laughs> the expectations are not what they should be. Okay. So and and that derives from the fact well most of the time derives from the fact that People don't understand correctly what mm-hmm. they are getting into, so they set the wrong expectations. Okay. So that's the precise phrase. You have wrong expectations. That's a phrase you have heard a long time, I'm sure. Right. No. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I was referring to generally, not <laughs> specifically, but generally everyone hears the Oh, okay. I thought it was like here. some sort of... <laughs> analysis of the last five years of my life <laughs> you just i mean you you're the one who said that <laughs> you are the one who expects results fast so I do, you're maybe right. you particularly also heard you had the wrong expectations <laughs> but yeah Fine. yes that's true <laughs> people generally understand hear the phrase wrong expectation now so as i was saying wrong expectations <laughs> are generated because of lack of understanding of the process that they are going to get the expectation from. Mm-hmm. So that's okay. So since you mentioned the exercise uh, thing, you have to understand the nature of the thing, and and I think that's something easier. It happens is something for me easier, naturally easier, because I'm someone who's uh, who's engineering oriented. Let's say mm-hmm. so. I have this logical type of analysis mindset, whatever. That whenever I need to, uh, I. I see things as projects, so I analyze cause, benefit, you know, mm-hmm. systems, all that shenanigans. But the thing is, people, other type of mindsets that people have need to, or don't have that type of analysis. So 
if you embark on something that you have not analyzed correctly or studied correctly, what type of expectations you want to have? In best case scenario, you you got into something that it just tells you the expectations you should have, mm-hmm. which is what happens with you know um, this type of workout advertisements and mm-hmm. everything. They tell you, you know what, we are going to get this type of results in X amount of months. So they tell you what are your expectations should be. Okay. But I don't like to be told my the expectations I want to have because I'm someone who enjoys you know understanding right. what. If if someone tells me an expectation, an amount of a type of expectation, I want to understand why that should be my expectations, or I just do it for fun and and, and I set my own expectations. Mm-hmm. And that's all. That's a pro and a con for me. Let's say okay. Whatever for whatever thing I want to do, I need to get. I need to understand the nature of that. So if it's not like I. I I don't like doing something and be guided through blindly and I will just be surprised by the results. You know what I'm saying? Right. Which is not wrong doing that. You know, it's people sometimes don't have the time, don't have the, the interest in understanding the nature of the things they're doing and they mm-hmm. just do it following guidelines and they just get the results they wanted. Fine. We're all happy. But that's I'd not like you. To understand. That's not you. That's why you're here today. Because exactly, that is not, not you. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying that what's not me is, is what is me is better. Right. That's why. That's why I was saying, uh, remarking on the word you said, better. Okay. It's not that it's better. It's just it's different. Well, and by better, and, I meant self better, not against better against other people, oh, but just self own self thing. Like do my yeah. thing. My things I'm doing, I'll do them better than I can if I'm doing three instead of seven. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. On that. Yeah. On that frame. Yeah. So. Um, so I need to understand the nature of what I'm mm-hmm. getting into. So once I understand the nature, it's easy to understand what the expectations should be. Now, if you want to do a criticism comparing what I do versus what other people do. The problem with what other people do that don't analyze the nature of things is that they are dependent on someone who did analyze that. Mm-hmm. And they are dependent on the probability, the probable statistic of the occurrence of what the person who studied that becomes true. Mm-hmm. Let, let's see if I can rephrase it. If someone tells me what expectations I should have for whatever thing I do, they are basing that on a study they did, right? right. But the study they did, they didn't do it thinking on me specifically, but right. they didn't think it on general, let's right. say. Right. And, I, and maybe I'm not, I'm very different from the general, or maybe I'm just lucky enough that I'm, I'm just <laughs> exactly as the media, the general thing that got into the study is, right? <laughs> If I'm lucky, right, if I'm lucky, whatever that guy thought that would happen to me, it will. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not lucky, I'm, you know, not going to get that. And will I be surprised? Will I'm going to have to readjust and maybe people get, uh, they feel bad about that or they don't understand. Some people actually do understand the variances of things, right? Mm-hmm. So they just, so they say, oh, I didn't get the results in six months. I'm going to get the results in nine months or in 12 months. You know, some people understand that. But then 
again, we're circling people understanding things, right? Right, right. I just like to do things on my own. And I'm not saying that I'm not going to take this, the advice of someone else. I'm just saying that I need to understand what someone else is. But I, and I, I think I would call that methodical, being methodical about what you choose to do and what you do. And, and being a little bit of a, um, I wouldn't call myself methodical. <laughs> I think I'm momentarily methodical, but most of the time I'm sort of like a, a butterfly or something like that, going all different directions. And so I admire that because what you've shown me is you can achieve results, guaranteed. Like the results you set out to achieve, I don't think I've yet seen you not achieve them. And when you look at, um, I mean, when you look at people who are like uh, world-class athletes or successful, mm-hmm. like world, like well-known engineers or whatever the case may be, I think some of those same traits exist, that you're methodical about how you get from A to B and you follow mm-hmm. those steps. So it's not like a, some sort of supernatural gift, although I th- you probably have other ones. I think that part of it is just your character, you know? I think so too, yeah. I mean, so I admire that. I wish you could transplant that. You kind of have. Actually, well, it's you. You touch on many different things there. Um, that's that's the butterfly effect. A different kind of butterfly <laughs> effect. <laughs> the, the methodical, uh, the word methodical. It's yes, I I, I am I am methodical, but that's a tool mm-hmm. I use to apply what you know the analysis and uh, the study of things that I do to to see. If, I can make them and how I can make them, right? How I can make them real mm-hmm. or happen. Yeah, but it's, you cannot, I mean, what I'm trying to say is you're, you don't necessarily have to be methodical in the strict sense of the word and you can still be someone who studies and learns what they want to, what they need to learn to mm-hmm. understand things they're going to do, Right. Right. If you t- if you say that you're methodical because you do that all the time, if I'm methodical to everything, to every to every step of thing, yes, I'm also methodical on that because that's part of my character, as you said. Uh, but that's not necessarily something that you have to be to have that type of right. uh, understand to to want to understand things. So can I take a left turn on this conversation just to keep it non-methodical? <laughs> Or do you Wait, have other... <laughs> uh, maybe there was something else you said. It's just that. Um... <laughs> oh, yeah, you mentioned some. You said something that I have that you haven't heard something that I have not been able to achieve that I proposed to myself. Something like that, right? Right, right. That you put your mind to, that you decided to do. Right. Well, that's the beauty of understanding things. If you understand something, you understand if you're going to if you feel like you you can achieve mm-hmm. it so saying that there's nothing that i that i wanted to do that i couldn't do it is not to say that i could do anything <laughs> right oh right exactly no it's that you 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 pick and choose the things that you know are right that are right for you to go after like like the violin for example that was i was really surprised when you started that what was that Me like <laughs> 2 years ago or 3 years ago Three years ago, uh, a month ago, yeah. Okay, so talk a little bit about how in the midst of what you're doing, which is very engineering and, um, you know, you had your, you, you're in school and all those things that 
that prompted you at that and at that age you were what like 26 or 27 26 26 when when i started violin yes yes okay uh, yes okay and what what at that age in the middle of that work drew you to start playing the violin I've always had this nagging sensation inside of me that said that it was like my own voice telling me I hate the fact that I cannot play an instrument or mm. that I, even more basic than that, I hate the fact that I don't understand music, which is, yeah. it relates to understanding things. You know, I like to understand things. And you can listen to music, you can like it, but it's different than saying I understand music. So it's like. So you felt like it was a missing piece. Yeah. Okay. It's like yeah, it's, it's like one of those things you just it nags you there. Uh-huh. You, it's just like um, it, it, it was manifested in very different ways. Uh, like for example, I was envious of friends that played an instrument mm-hmm. and, and you know when you're young and say if he can do it why can i <laughs> right. uh not to be undeserving of those who play but because it's actually an achievement to play right. anything right. right uh but it's different than if you were looking at like an american linebacker footballer football player you wouldn't necessarily say to them if he can do that why can't i whereas you might like an instrument is a different different thing you know yeah. what i mean just like I don't yes, look at exactly. ballerinas and say, if she can do that, why can't I? I think I have a pretty straight answer in my head as to why that's not happening. So. Yeah, some <laughs> things seem simpler. Yeah. They look simpler than what they are. They look more possible. There's more possibility. Yeah. And Even I understood that. Yeah. Yeah. I understood that when when I took on music that it's not as simple as I thought it would be. It's right. just language like anything else. It's like English, Spanish, Italian, math. Music is just language. Mm-hmm. And then playing the violin is like any other physical activity. If you want to master it, it's just practice. Mm-hmm. And practice is something that um, it's very important for, not just for an instrument, for everything you want to do in life. The mindset for practice, the patience, you know, what you said, I want to get results fast. That's no, it's, it's not going to fly for everything. Um, it's something that learning violin teaches you a lot of things more. I mean, music teaches you a lot of things more than just music. Mm. And one of those things is be patient. And so it's, it was, I can even tell you that it was more therapeutical. Is that the word? Therapeutic? Therapeutic. Mm-hmm. It was more therapeutic than, well, I'm not going to say more than actual right. playing, but it served that purpose. It's like therapy. Well. It's like it's like therapy. Like me on my bike is like therapy. It's like it's therapy, me. but yeah. it's not the therapy that kind of therapy because biking, you know, it's an effort and mm-hmm. all that, but it's an enjoy. You enjoy. It. Mm-hmm. It's this type of therapy where it's a little bit painful. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's almost a little bit it's like so- yoga. Exactly. Well, yeah, yoga is pretty much something which I also experienced. It's something that is not very pleasant mm-hmm. because it's always, if you, if you want to push yourself, it's literally pain. 
Mm-hmm. Not the bad pain, but the limit pain, you know, that when you right. get to the limit of the muscle, you feel that little pain there. Well, mm-hmm. that's a sweet spot. And right. It's not very enjoyable, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like biking on a trail on the breeze. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... So a different kind of... So it's like therapy. I'm sorry, I keep taking you off track. It's a therapy that teaches you patience mm. through a little bit of pain. That's yeah. what... What, what made you choose the violin? I don't know. That's that's a mystery question. I try to answer that. People have asked me a lot of times, and I cannot reply. It's, for some people, it's other on another thing. I don't know. Piano. I was between piano and violin. That's what I always say. Mm-hmm. But then you can ask, why piano and violin? Why not guitar, yeah, right. which is very popular? And I would say... Here, the guitar is like a national instrument, the okay. guitarra criolla, we call, uh-huh. which is the Argentinian guitar, um, a little bit different from the Spanish version, but it's very popular. So everyone knows, well, everyone, a lot of people know how to play the guitar. Mm-hmm. And so why not that? I don't know. It's just... That's one of those lala things for you to answer for me, but perhaps maybe have a mystic answer for that. I but, think it, I think you played it somewhere before in a past life. That's my lala answer. As a, like a as a, like a, as your whole work, and it's just with you. You know, uh, I could say to you that I you cannot prove that, but I I, okay, I can also say I cannot disprove that. <laughs> We have this conversation a little bit too often, <laughs> what we can prove and disprove. So actually, um, well, I, I want to ask this first. It's like screaming. What, do, what instrument do you like? Sorry to interrupt. Oh, what what in, instrument what? do you like that if you would I, like to play? Oh, I would, I would really love to play the piano. Why? Well, for one thing, I have hands that are made to play piano. So I like that. I have long fingers. Um they can be used for a lot, a lot, a lot of other <laughs> instruments, but it, yeah, okay. I don't like any instruments that I have to blow in. Like I played the flute in fifth grade and I hated it. Mm-hmm. And I have tried guitar and it's too complex. I guess the only other one that I've really been drawn to is playing like drums, like in a rock band. So I did do that for a while. Not really, mm-hmm. but I mean, I bought, a, I bought drums and set them up and then played along to Everclear <laughs> as best as I could really horribly and then I decided I didn't have time for that so yeah I think piano because I like I feel like with a piano I could just like be one with it I think that's it so you see it's very hard to reply because I could have also said yes mm-hmm. I don't like to I, I don't like percussion I could mm-hmm. I could have said you know discarding mm-hmm. all the things that I don't like but then again, why don't you like those things and why do you like mm-hmm. the piano? Mm-hmm. If you go to the essence of the question, you find yourself very – you find yourself um, not being able to reply with something concrete. It's just something that is in you. It's just built in, right. right. I really love the, pianos, the piano um, uh, music mm-hmm. and, and sound. And I was between violin and piano. And so – I don't know. Uh, why do I like that and not the others? Mm-hmm. It's just something that it's within each person, I believe. What do you think you've gotten through playing violin? What do you think has, it has given you, that experience? Um, Aside from patience. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say patience and 
I'm missing the word um, humility. Mm. It's it's yeah. When you know, you may think you got everything understood, like myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I I study before purchasing the violin. I study. Uh, what it is, what it, you know, uh, I didn't formally study music, but I got myself into the subject of just understanding that, as we said before. Mm-hmm. And you can, and and it actually it gave me a feedback on what we were discussing about before about the myth, about the way my character of wanting mm-hmm. to do, wanting to understand things. So you said the right expectations and humility is perhaps the correction of that. How do you correct your expectations? And it's through humility. Mm. It's like if you had your expectations said and they were wrong, even if you studied everything you could, you always have to understand that nothing is mathematically exact, especially with things that require, you know, your subjective abilities or your practice, you know, something that is tied more to something you cannot control exactly, Mm -hmm. directly. So humility, I define humility then by the margin of how much you have to correct your expectations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so if you thought, it's a simple phrase of, oh, you thought you were good at this, you thought you, you, you understood this, think again. You didn't understand some, nothing or very little of that. And what you thought would be a mountain now is the Everest or oh, wow. whatever. And and so humility is accepting the fact that it's not what you thought precisely and that it's harder and that you're not as good as you thought. You, you're not turning out to be as good as you thought you, you would be. Mm-hmm. Accepting the fact and just keep on hammering, which in that moment is where it comes being methodical. Mm-hmm. Just if you know that you just if you are climbing a mountain and you suddenly discover the mountain is taller than you thought it was, what are you going to do? Conserve walk and down push forward, right, right, or, or keep walking up. If you, you know that if you keep walking up, you're going to get there, even if it's. If, even if the mountain gets taller, but it gets you know higher by the minute, <laughs> it's your is the attitude of you know keep right. walking up. That feels like most days in my life. But um, <laughs> so I wanted to. I was thinking. Oh, wait, of, wait, 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 wait! Because there's some there's something beautiful there. Yeah. And I I think I've heard you say say it on, on different podcasts. I don't know if you told if you told me. I don't remember. Okay. But then again, is it the objective getting to the top of the mountain or just enjoying climbing the mountain? You know, right. stop every once in a while and see the view from where you or or see how far you mm-hmm. you have climbed already. That I think is even more enjoyable than just reaching whatever top or peak you want to achieve it's just oh totally i mean i mean yeah yeah, i mean if you look at it even in the context of um like a long bike ride like i did a a really long bike ride and when i got to the end i was like oh 
this is a little anticlimactic, you know. What was really yeah. what was really energizing was seeing that I made the first 30 miles and seeing that I made the next 20 miles. You know what I mean? It was like that was exactly. and the the quest, the quest was the exciting yeah. part. The getting there was just a check mark, you know? Yes. Yeah. Wow, no. that was good. We should write that down. That was really good. The quest yeah, <laughs> is the good quest. part. The getting there is just the check mark. Let's. That's actually like going to go on a sticker. I think it's that good. Yes, <laughs> but be careful. Be careful with that. How you handle that statement? Mm-hmm. Because that's a door, you know, to letting mediocrity in. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> because right. it right. depends. It depends on what you want to achieve. If your goal is to, let's say, stop drinking right. or get get back to a healthy um, weight, right. let's say, just, just an example, uh-huh. settling or compromising is the door to mediocrity. Right. And it's because sometimes the objectives matter, and some other times it matters just to the, tra- the trajectory towards them more than the objective, but all the times the objective they 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 are crucial. Well, just like graduating from college, right? There, that objective is important, and you want to get there. It's more than just a check mark, but you still have to make enjoy the quest. Otherwise, it's like uh, being in a holding pattern, you know? Yes, you. It's oh, oh, way, 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 way. Uh oh. You, you, it <laughs> Whenever is you better. say that, I know that there's something coming. No, you, you're right. You're right. But so you get difference. In one hand, you had a, 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 an objective that doesn't have a defined peak, let's say, right. goal or end goal. So you make sure that if you are going to have an objective like that, that you enjoy the ride because yeah. that's probably what you're just going to get the right but on the other hand if you have a goal that you necessarily have to achieve Mm -hmm. it is nice that you enjoy the ride but even if you don't you have to achieve the goal that's true you're right because if you put in the context of college for example that's you want to get to the end of to the degree so that that does make sense but when you look at the context of your playing the violin the quest is to just continually improve. Exactly. Yeah. And you have to understand that. Okay, uh, I, won't I, understand I won't order stickers. I won't order stickers. No, you can, I mean, <laughs> you can, but you have to, I mean, I don't know, you have to uh, find the, you have to understand your, okay, so the, that's very nice because you don't only have to understand the thing you want to do, you have to understand yourself. If you know that you're going to hate something, but you have to succeed at that, you have to understand that as well. Mm-hmm. And you could not force yourself to like that as something necessary to achieve that. I have this, uh, you know, in my phone, I don't usually save those, uh, how do you call them, uh, those phrases. Uh, Quotes? Quotes, memes. No, quotes. Motivational phrases. Even. Oh, okay. I don't know usually save motivational phrases in, my, in, in anywhere, but uh-huh. I have two on my phone. Okay, what are they? That's like a great question. What, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
I have one of them is from Muhammad Ali, and he says or said, I hated every minute of training, but I said, don't quit. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion. Hmm. That is an example of he may not have enjoyed the ride right. most of the time, <laughs> but he, he, he got to the goal. But he, he wanted to be a champion, though. See, that's the thing. Like, he had something he wanted out of that. Yeah. So Which is see, a good quote. It's a good quote. No, I think about, like, people... Who, quote. Okay, what's your other quote? Then I'll give an example of the reverse of that. Oh, the other quote is from Mandela. Mm. It says... The greatest glory in living lies not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. Oh, I know that one. I like that one. Yeah, it's a very nice one because in, in what we're discussing, those, you know, climb the mountain or that you will never get to the peak, but, you know, have to enjoy the the, 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 the climbing or right. getting to an ob- a precise objective and that you don't like getting there, but you have to suffer through it, Right. Uh, you're going to stumble. Right. And what are you going to do when you stumble? Get back up. And there you go. And it's going to be awesome. Even if you <laughs> roll down <laughs> two miles down the mountain. Ah, no. No. Or if you <laughs> smash your face with a medicine ball, things like that. Ex- you know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So the, here's the only case or a, a case I can think of where if you hate something. Yeah. Oh. If you hate something, not to do it. You know what I mean? Like you think of people who work at a job every day that they hate and they're really only doing it for the paycheck. You know what I mean? I think that's ridiculous and that there's no really reward for that at the end. They should get a different job. They should do something different. Because why would you well, want to hate every day? General, well, let's get back to what we just discussed. Generally speaking, you're right. But maybe it's temporary. Maybe they have a goal. Right. And I just, we just said maybe the Oh. No. Yeah. You gotta like what you're doing. Um even Muhammad Ali that when he said that phrase, he loved boxing. Right. It's not right. like I wanted to be it's not like he said, I wanna be champ boxing a boxer a champion boxer just because I like to be a champion. No, right. He, right. he loved boxing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And so then, you gotta you gotta have you gotta love what you do, if, if that's the thing you want to, if, if that's going to be one of the main things you want to do, you got to love it. Right. Or at least figure out a way to change your mindset about it. You know what I mean? Like have some sort of reward or something built in. Yes. And, okay, so what I call the main things that you like, mm-hmm. I want to be more precise in that because it's very important for me. I have very few things that are main things for me. That you know, I you know them. Mm-hmm. You about you know about them. Sorry, violin is one of them. Right. My career is another one. Right. I was trying to enumerate it. What are the things that are important? Oh right, right. So you had the, violin. The, the main things. Ahead. Yeah. So for me, it's violin, the career, the study, and that. Right. Right. So those I, those things you can describe them as the things that are mountains that. They don't have a, a specific peak, let's say, right? right? That you have to enjoy the climb, mm-hmm. even if sometimes sometimes it's not enjoyable. You have to find it in yourself to enjoy it. Well, not actually find it, but 
if you selected those things to be the main things in your life, it's because you like them, right? Right, right. That's the first point that you just mentioned before. You've got to love what you do if that's one of the things, the main things you're going to do, right? Mm-hmm. Some people don't consider their jobs like the main things. They, they do them because uh, they, you know, need to survive, right? Right. And they consider the main things to be, I don't know, traveling, surfing. Family. Family, exactly. So if your job is not the main thing, you don't necessarily have to love it, right? But you have to endure it. Right. So I don't know. You have to, you're going to have to find your mindset to that not to be a torture for yourself. Right. Well, that seems like an abrupt ending, but in actuality, there's a part two that's going to come up where Pablo and I spend a good part of an hour talking about entanglement and the value of connections between people. But what I want to be sure to share here is just my experience in knowing Pablo. It's definitely changed my life. His perspective of how he looks at things with such an engineering mindset and then tries to tackle them in a way that's methodical and logical and yet at the same time, I don't know, this kind of like... I don't know, otherworldly enthusiasm has been really inspiring for me. And I encourage everybody to take the time to get to know somebody new who you feel that sort of bond with because it really opens up your eyes to the world and what you can do in your life. And um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Thanks for listening, everyone. Are you following your passion, inspiring people, and willing to share your story? Then find me, because that's what I do. And remember, keep up with all the news by visiting glisteningparticles.com and signing up for the newsletter where you'll get the inside scoop on where I'll be wandering next, some guest updates, and the latest random acquaintance story. For up-to-the-moment shenanigans, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you see me post from down the road at your local diner, be sure to drop everything and come say hi, because I love to meet the listeners. Until next time, keep shining. Open my eyes.